status, security, stress, satisfaction, success. These factors tap into the social, cognitive, and emotional aspects of money. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money, because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to spend some time with me today. A quick announcement before we dive into our show. We are now just a few weeks away from the next Pricing Made Human Masterclass. It is scheduled for Thursday, June 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be virtual, and I'd love to have you join me and other entrepreneurs and small business owners who are also looking to answer the ubiquitous question, what should I charge for this? as well as the other one, is now the right time to raise my prices. Because you know, asking these questions are signs of being proactive, even in the midst of all of the uncertainty with which we are dealing. Truth of the matter though, we are always dealing with uncertainty. But it's also important to ask these questions because money is not monolithic. In business, money represents revenue, profit, and cash. Personally, it represents what you pay yourself, how much you're able to save, how you're able to build wealth. In other words, your prices do a lot of work in your business and for your life. The approach that I walk you through during this masterclass tackles pricing from three sides, the financial, the personal, the emotional. It helps you build, sustain, and grow a business that centers the health of your personal finances as you look to answer, what should I charge for this? And is now the right time to raise my prices? And a byproduct of this approach and reflection is that it has the potential of putting you and your business on an even firmer financial foundation. So if you are an entrepreneur or small business owner, or you know one, check out jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass to learn more and RSVP. We're capping our number of guests to 10. So check it out and grab your spot now. Again, it's jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. Now let's get into today's show. By now, you are likely familiar with my obsession with getting people to focus on more than the numbers when it comes to money. Exploring the social, cognitive, and emotional aspects of money is pretty much all I talk about. (laughs) Sure, you may not go as far down the rabbit hole as me, but you're here because you too find facets of this trifecta fascinating as well. After all, it is what influences a plethora of the financial choices and decisions you make, particularly with regard to what, when, and why you buy something. And that's what I want you to keep in mind, or that's why I should say I want you to keep in mind a recent purchase of your own as we go on with today's episode. 
because part of what sparked the focus of today's episode is a recent purchase of my own. I took the plunge and I treated myself to a luxury item that has been on my to-buy list for a while. And by a while, I don't mean a few days, a few weeks, or a few months. I mean a few years. And it took a few years for a variety of reasons, but I got to tell you, it was well worth the wait because it brings me such immense joy and satisfaction every time I use it. Plus, it's a keeper piece that I intend to use for decades to come, like I did with what it replaced. And I probably should say for years to come, although it probably was more than a decade. Anyway, that's an, an aside, and let me get back to focusing here. But what I want to do today is I want to focus on five factors. And these factors not only influenced my buying behavior, but they likely influenced whatever came to mind for you when I posed the question and asked you to think about a recent purchase. Why do I say that? Because these factors are just as present when the price is considered a high ticket purchase as when it is considered a low ticket one. So you might wonder, what are these factors I am speaking of? They are status, security, stress, satisfaction, and success. Let's delve into each a little bit and use my purchase to flesh out a few things, a few points that I want to make. Let's start with status. What connections do you see about your buying behavior in general and your purchase in particular and your socioeconomic status? Does, it, does this purchase represent what others might describe as a status symbol? How do you feel about that? I ask these series of questions because the income you earn, the wealth you have, where you live, what you buy, and other aspects of your lifestyle, heck, even the debt you are able to carry, say something about your socioeconomic status. It may not tell the whole story, but it certainly provides a glimpse of it. My purchase tells a bit of my story, including that I like nice, luxurious, and sometimes indulgent things, and I always have. But that leads me to the second factor, security. Because while all of that is true in terms of me liking nice, luxurious, and sometimes indulgent things, I am also fiscally conservative by nurture, by nature, and necessity. I was raised to prioritize savings and carry little to no debt. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm single. I'm solely responsible for every financial aspect of my life and business. What does all that mean? I saved for and bought this item after having met several other financial goals. Plus, I took into consideration my current and projected cash flow. I took all of these factors into consideration because I wanted to do everything in my power to avoid purchasing something that would jeopardize or possibly jeopardize my financial security now or in the future. When you think about your purchase, does it have a material effect on your sense of security? Here's a third factor, stress. 
Is your purchase like mine stress-free or is it prompting a bit of dread or panic? In my case, planning and being patient with regard to the timing of my purchase is what allowed this transaction to be filled with joy and excitement and no evidence whatsoever of financial or emotional stress. There is no worry, there is no anxiety, there is no second guessing about my capacity to meet current or upcoming expenses. Here's the fourth factor, satisfaction. I have a deep sense of pride about my purchase. Not simply because I now own something I've wanted for quite some time. It's that, yes. But it is that and. It's that and the satisfaction of achieving what made it possible. I told you about how, you know, I met some goals before doing this. So it's, it's, it's the satisfaction of doing all of that. And my heart just leaps with absolute delight when I reflect on how intentional and strategic I have been. Because you see, this wasn't just about me incrementally saving and paying down debt. This purchase is also a reflection of me making different and incremental choices about my business, how I run it, what I offer, and how I price my services. What about your purchase? are you finding satisfying? And here's the fifth factor, success. There are various ways to measure success. Money is one metric, achieving goals is another. And for me, stretching beyond my comfort zone at times is yet another. What does success represent vis-a-vis your purchase, the one that came to mind at the top of this episode? Now, look, I realize that you may not unpack your purchases, whether the price tag is large or small, and even that is relative, uh, through the lens of these five factors that I've shared, or what I like to describe as the five S's. But the truth of the matter is that these factors, these five S's, they are ever-present because they tap into the social, cognitive, and emotional aspects of money. They do so for you, for me, for everyone. And as you might imagine, I have a few reasons for sharing my story and giving you a glimpse into my buying behavior. For starters, I wanted to put a spotlight on the silent factors that have a strong impact on how you buy, what you buy, when, and the price you're willing to pay the price you're willing to pay for the item itself and the price that you're willing to pay in terms of what it took to make it so. The second reason is whatever you discover from looking at your most recent purchase through the lens of status, security, stress, satisfaction, and success, that provides you with insight about the relationship you had with money, the one you have with it currently, and the aspirations of the one you want to have. If you don't remember me saying it before, let me take a moment to remind you again, everything evolves, including your relationship with money. And here's the third reason. Numerically, the price you pay is the same as the price someone charges and vice versa. 
Likewise, what has a strong impact on the price you'll pay are the same factors for the price you will charge. So entrepreneurs and small business owners, I hope your ears just perked here. And that is why I want today's episode to serve as a flashing yellow light when it comes to pricing your offers. Yes, being aware of how you approach buying decisions is indeed beneficial for your own self-awareness. It's also a reminder though, that your prospect, client, or customer is making decisions through similar filters. You can do research or make some fairly informed presumptions about these factors and how they show up for your people. But the one thing you absolutely must guard against is the propensity to behave as if your people, your clients, your customers, your prospects, make purchasing decisions just like you. You also need to guard against making the assumption that they prioritize the five S's in the same manner as you. That the five S's is akin, that their approach to it is akin to yours. So let's use the sequence of this episode as an example. I chose the order of how I talked about the five S's. Again, status, security, stress, satisfaction, success, because it mapped well with the arc of my story and my example of my buying behavior in this instance. But you might lead with a different S and follow a different sequence altogether. So here's the deal. When you fail to guard against these two tendencies and you assume the person buying from you shares a similar buying profile as you, you potentially do two things, even if unwittingly, or I actually should say three things, even if unwittingly. You take away or minimize their agency to make the buying choice that is best for them. You don't position your offers along the spectrum you want, and you run the risk of thwarting your reach, impact, and sales, none of which is healthy for you or your business in the short or long term. Well, that is it for today's episode. And as always, thank you for listening all the way until the end. If you want to explore today's topic in more depth, consider joining us for the next Pricing Made Human Masterclass. It is scheduled for Thursday, June 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be virtual. And so to learn more and RSVP, go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. If today's episode sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear more. And tell me, what was your recent purchase that came to mind from the top of the episode? Please send me a DM on Instagram. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast or perhaps this particular episode, please share it so we can reach more people. If you're on Apple Podcasts, also please take a moment to leave a review because we do read them. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, thank you for listening today. 
I'll be back next week. I hope you will too. Until then, remember, it's about more than money. Thank you.